Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. wonderful time. I want to welcome you to this week's show and to let you know we're just going to let God flow, flow, and flow. He has some thoughts he wants to share. I thought it would be really nice for us to, hey, give him the mic. Let's give the Lord the mic. And uh, But before we do, I want to talk to you about some things that are coming up. The first one is, for those of you who are in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area, I will be on October 26th through 28th, I will be Uh, speaking. I'll be one of the presenters at the Kingdom Believers Empowerment Summit 17, and the theme is Regaining Influence. Well, that's a hot button for me, Regaining Influence. Wouldn't it be nice if we started being credible, uh, just as Christians, just credibly representing the real wisdom and the real logos of the Lord Jesus Christ? So that's what I'm asking for. I'm doing a workshop at Saturday afternoon, we'll give you more information on it probably next week. I say it's not next week because I have to ask because you know I get I have to ask. Yes. <laughs> See, I told you I have to ask. I can't just jump out on a number, but I've got to ask. And and I'm excited because it's going to be a fabulous time. It's put on by Marcus Howard Ministries. It will be at the Cox Business Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, one of the things that I want you to know that I'm going to do. Because I can give them a sneak peek. Can I give them a sneak peek? Do it. My sneak peek is I'm going to talk on born to be wealthy. Hallelujah. Isn't that a powerful word? Do you know that wealth is in every single one of us? Everybody in the planet has exactly enough wealth in their being to sustain them for an entire lifetime. Everybody. Don't you want to find out how that is so? So we're going to do Born to be Wealthy, which is going to, to bring you in on the platform of the soul of success and how to tap into the spirit of money. Because I'm also going to be using as my training tool, my book, Money is a Spirit. Because if you don't get that, your wealth will, will be fleeting all the time. If you don't tap into what makes you born wealthy, if you don't realize that you are naturally born to be wealthy, if you don't know how to tap into it, you will have good times and bad times, seasons of feast and seasons of famine. And you don't have to have either. And, and if you do, let's just say it's part of the process. How about you can sustain yourself through both? So my, my workshop, my time is going to be on Born to be wealthy, tapping in to the wealth in you. And if everybody has it, your baby has it, your three-year-old has it, your puppy has it, everything God made has it, but you need to know how to tap into it. And you need to understand how to flip your soul so that it is a soul of success. So what do you think? Isn't that wonderful? You're going to be there? Are you showing up? I am showing up. I'll be there taking notes. 
And also on your training site online, you have uh, the Kingdompreneur seminar that you did in Joliet, Illinois, a few years ago. Ah. And so they can also purchase that. And protect, get a sneak peek. But every time you teach on this subject, you open up a whole other corridor. Well, especially in light, Ashley, of my present breakthrough. I mean, literally, the breakthrough came spiritually and then manifested itself materially. And born to be wealthy is how you do it. You will not make it. I'm telling you people, you won't make it. I'm telling you how to even sustain yourself economically through uh, trials and error. Because some of those things are essential. We always bind in them so we never get, get promoted. See, we keep binding our trials so we never pass our test. Well, what I love well, hold on, I got it. Hey! I just want to say, though, sort of off subject, I was listening on the uh, CastBox app for Droid users. They can download CastBox and subscribe to the Paula Price Show and listen to it. If you have iTunes or your Apple, you can go through the iTunes store. We Droiders, Droidians. <laughs> We're so Castbox. I wanted to say I was listening to I don't know last week, maybe the week before as well. Yeah, I think both episodes, and you were going to town with the Slap Ministry. Oh yeah, I was happy. On what you were saying, and I thought this is intense. <laughs> oh yeah, I get, sometimes I get so animated. All I want to do is that I want to punctuate, punctuate. Love it. This is my, it. you know, the slap is punctuate. This is my punctuation. And you know, I want to encourage everybody to download or listen to the show every week. Yes. And I know a lot of people do, but multiple times. You don't hear everything the first time. <laughs> Second, third, or fourth. Second, third, fourth, or fifth. And myself, working with you, it's easy to even stay in the, the rush and the flow of just going from one thing to the next with you, but having the discipline to go back and listen again for my own personal education. Mm-hmm. And the third time, the second time, I love what you just said. Mm-hmm. The second time, Edification. Yeah. The third, fourth, and fifth time, education. Oh, yes, Lord. And see, many saints don't listen for education. They don't. They listen for entertainment. They listen for edification. All right, I got it. But when you plan to, uh, to prosper off of the time investment you make into listening to your shows or any teaching, then it moves you from edification, you're personally built up, to edification, you are not, your skills and your talents are getting built up. So you do want to listen again and again and again. I am excited about that. So get, mark your calendars. If you're in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area, if you can fly in, crawl in, pull a buggy, hey, come on, drive, bring your friends, Oklahoma City, bring your, all your friends, come in, find out. You know, and trust me, you're going to – I've been a lot of wealth things, and there's a ton of them. Not this one. Not this one. Because if you don't know why you're broke, no matter how many sessions you attend, you will never, ever, ever come out of poverty or lack or the ration season. A lot of people are not broke, but they're under a perpetual ration. You know, that was good. Should that be punctuated? I need to punctuate. Hey, come on, Jesus. And so I'm, I'm, I want you to go to www.kingdombelieversummitinfo and get your seat, and get ready. So remember, my subject is born to be wealthy, how to flip your soul into success. 
because it's a soul thing. A lot of us had passed through money. You've got inheritance. It's gone. Hit the lottery. It's gone. Got a raise. It's gone. Got a settlement. It's gone. And you still don't know why they don't stay. Hallelujah. You don't want to miss that. Now, understand that we ourselves are doing a big thing. You do know that Price University is now up and going. We have pulled together some amazing people for our board of directors. We are working at accreditation from government-recognized accreditation. We are moving forward. Our team is working toward the study, the candidacy. This is real for us, folks. This is real. And the people relocated here can't even believe it. It's like, oh, my gosh, I have a future and a hope. Sometimes you think your future and a hope stops at you reading the scriptures and declaring it to win. But remember, everything spiritual has got to have a material outlet. It has to take on material properties. That must be. And many saints, many of you all have been talked out, the, out of the materiality of the process. You've been talked out of the work. How many of you all have heard Jesus paid it all? We don't have to worry about it. And all of those kinds of things. You heard it. Haven't you heard it? And so you go home, you run up there to the church, half of you all went and got your little silk garments and your little finery messed up with oil and water all over your clothes, can't wear the outfit again, and the word didn't come to pass. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That's dumb and terrible. I mean, that's sad. You go home, and they, the, light, they, the man still turned your lights off. They still turned your gas off. They still suspended your credit card. You did all of those machinations. You took money that wasn't even yours to sow and gave it to that wish and then sat around and waited. Some of you all are still sitting in the window waiting for your blessing to come on by. But I'm so angry with God. God didn't tell you to do that, but we'll talk about that in another time. But based on that, you have got to understand how the world of the king works. You've been hearing kingdom doctrine, kingdom doctrine, kingdom doctrine, but you've never heard king practice, king habits, king's way. And listen, God really does have a way of doing things. And if you, part of the issue is that to you, Jesus is a theology until you're in crisis. Now you want to make up to him. Now you want to come in and worship. I bow down. I say all of that. But I'm telling you, the king is person. And that's the one thing a real apostle is going to present, the person of the king, because it's it's from the presence of the king that that apostleship came. Is that good? Are they following me? Yeah, they are. I'm telling you, because it's from the presence of the king that apostleship comes whether it comes through an apostle who has done that thing or whether it comes directly from the king and that apostle face-to-face. And the more powerfully an apostle is endowed, is empowered, and, and, and uh, entrusted, the more, the one, how do I say that? I want to say it the right way. The more powerfully God entrusts or commits an apostle or commission is the closer that presence was. That thing. So he said about Moses, but I speak to Moses mouth to mouth. Now Moses talks to his brother Aaron, the prophet, but I speak to Moses mouth to mouth. That is a powerful statement, folks. You know, and so we have people. I like it. You know, Ashley, we got people today who are doing that. Before we do, I don't want to get off track. Remember, November 15th, 
to the 18th, our annual New Era Apostleship Summit. Yeah, not just for apostles. So we're going to put a tagline on in the future, not for apostles only. I think that would be great. That would work out really, really good. So we have this, this summit every year, but this year we're doing something powerful because we're bringing the body of Christ along. So our theme is going to be discipling apostolic Christians because that is what New Era Apostleship must do. And so we are now discipling the Christians that are being either promoted, elevated, transitioned, or transformed into Christians of apostleship, ministers of apostleship. Because every, every new thing God does has to have its own brand and its own kind of following. So we, my, our followers are new era apostleship Christians. And why is that important? Because the Bible and Christianity both came to the world through apostles and prophets. Why should people come to Tulsa in November? What's the difference between watching you broadcast the stream and being at the summit? First of all, you're under my mantle. You're in my presence, and since I'm the host, my mantle covers the entire event. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing is, no matter what you think you heard for in those few minutes, remember, I only talked an hour, and most of the time I kind of stayed, rambled off topic as well as staying on topic. Second thing is educational as well as edifying. And then thirdly, you're in the place where the shift makes sense. See, many times people will pick up things, you know, your friend testify and, you know, your pastor, whatever. First of all, pastors can't really give you. If a person is a pastor, they cannot give you apostleship training and education. They can't do it. It's, it, it, it's hidden from them because the mysteries were given to apostles, to stewards. See, we hold the mysteries if we have been properly commissioned. So we hold the, the mysteries. So you won't get the mysteries. The revelations won't, won't make sense. And how about this? Some of you are, are apostolic Christians, and you're beating yourself up for, about it. I don't, you, you, you're so bothered by the fact that your pastor, whom you love dearly, is teaching on it, and it's not reaching you. That's number one. Some of you have had enough of my information now to know that a lot of that teaching is a little bit off course and uh, a little bit misdirected or misguided. Then you have the fact that you feel like you're not getting enough, and you're, you're home praying, God, it's got to be more than this. Lord, tell me this is not all this. And so you're beating yourself up because God is maturing you, and he's flipping you into an apostolic Christian. Because uh, let's be real, all Christians start their Christianity apostolically. We are the first. We're not the last. Before there was a church, there was an apostle. Before there was Pentecost, there were apostles, 12 people who were doing something, and you don't even know what to do with your Christianity if you're called to be apostolic. All of those things are addressed here, and they, are, and they make perfect sense. The last thing, and I think the most important thing about it, is that apostolic Christians are not just congregational. They're naturalized, naturalized citizens of the, not just the kingdom of Christ, but the nation of Jesus Christ. You're naturalized, so you have to learn how to live under this kingdom because, remember, America is not interested in anything kingdom, kingly, or royal. But you are going to spend eternity with the king. 
You're not going to spend eternity with, with the board of directors. You're not going to spend a president, the CEO, because anything that's elected is not in power. It's in office. Because the power lies with the electors. I just thought I'd throw that in. Was that pretty good? She can't even talk. I can't, uh, Prophet Ashley, she can't. She just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, so do you, th- did that answer that for you, Prophet Ashley? Yes. The number one thing that I would say makes us different is unity and uniformity. My fundamental um, impulse for everything I do is that we uniform so that we can unify. You know, the church has been attempting to unify the body of Christ by using the tactics and the methods of disunity. When I was teaching in Portland, I made the the, um, comment that said the fact that we have had pastors in control, bless them, love them, God God love you, it's wonderful. But the fact that we've had pastors in control guarantees the church will never unify. And the reason that will never happen is because they might give, you know, head not a cent, but everybody is looking out for their own. So everybody's going to take, every pastor is going to care about his or her congregation. They're going to care about their sheep, and they're going to push their advantage. And, and so individuality has been supreme because different congregations are making an individual stand statement and also um, a presentation of Christianity. So that can't happen. Now, when you think about it, because apostles are kingdom agents, you notice even if they have churches and networks, they're still not, they still have to represent one king. Now, we could say, the congregations could say, yeah, well, I, I, I agree with I mean, Ephesians 4, one God, one Lord, one baptism, and they mean that until it comes time for their, their interest to, take, to go or do, do a, I want to say, John the Baptist, for what they do to decrease and Jesus to increase. Now, I'm not saying that all apostles are not the same thing, but our job is to, is to surround and strengthen the kingdom so the congregations are safe. That is our purpose. We are to establish the pillars, the anchors, lay down the, the plumb lines, and all of those kinds of things that secure the kingdom of God. Because remember, hear me, people, the world can do without churches. It can't do without kingdoms, no matter what they name them. Can't do it. They have to have royal realms. That's just the way it is. So the kingdom, we're just standing in, taking our place with that. Now, we can, the, the kingdom can live without churches. The churches can't survive without kingdoms. Sample time! Did you get a sample? That was a sample. And so you need to understand how this works. Many people who have launched the apostolic, they've launched it, what I want to say, pastorally. We've launched it to the, uh, to the advantage and to the concessions of the church. But that's not how it goes. And you need to find out why. So do you say we should not have church? I'm saying let us get in our place to establish the kingship of Jesus Christ and to fortify the kingdom that he has left on earth for us to attend and secure for him, then the ecclesia can go off and be safe again. Because right now it isn't safe because its guardians are out of place. Its warriors are out of place. Its leaders are out of place. Its theologies 
are, are literally miscegenized. They're blended, fused with the world. It's doctrines or cultural. It's rules. Like all of this kind of stuff that we're fighting, when God gets the first and second officers back in place, they have always pulled his kingdom back under him. They have always been his warriors. They've always rescued his churches and rescued his people. They've always done it. Even with the battles, the warfare, etc., they've done it because God does nothing without prophets. He starts everything with prophets, and he assigns everything New Testament to apostles. If they're in existence, he, he literally reactivates that office, and he assigns it to them. And they know what to do because, well, the commission. Jesus came to the planet, preached a little bit, and the first thing he did was establish apostles. It doesn't say in Scripture that he established any other officer. He, he commissioned, sent one, envoys, but he established everything with his apostles. And they, after that, established everything in the church. And we're going to find out all of that stuff. So, yeah, did I give them enough information? You did, and you, you mentioned the word sample because you gave a sample. And today, our guest, which will be on a little bit later, is also those who will get a sample today yes. of Dr. Nishan Walker. And in June, he taught the young people. This event, he's going to be bringing his, his tremendous skill of rap ministry yes. um, to, to this event. Did we ever get a sample of his? You know what? I, I can actually pop some up um, on the show. Yeah. I have, uh, I bought on YouTube. I bought his CD in June. What's the name of it? Oh, you don't remember, of course. Okay, so but Hood Rise Ministries mm-hmm. is Hood Rise. Hood Rise. H o o d r i s e. Yes. Okay. That's the name of his ministry and everything he does wraps around. You have to. Yes. Th- first of all, that June class, when he was dealing with media, being as pervasive as the Holy Ghost, I was like, um. I said, come on, somebody. That man, we need to get him speaking at one of these things. This guy is amazing. And so I'm looking, you know, I'm looking forward to having him on in just a little bit. But I'm also happy that the Lord connected us. He is an amazing teacher of youth. And he, ha- he actually has youth retreats in Wyoming. In a camp, uh, 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 what ranch. ranch. We're not going to tell his business yeah. because, you know what, I think it sounds better coming out of the mouth of the owner. And so I wanted to say he is amazing. But he's also a powerful young apostle whose story is worth hearing. I think we might schedule him after the event to just come on and share his story with us. It's a powerful story, and I think a lot of young people need to hear that. So we might have to schedule him to give us his story. I'm just going to sit there and just let him, you know, do what he does. But so that is why you want to be here. You will, some of you all have long since stopped being, let me rephrase it more delicately, some of you have long since started being apostolic Christians, although you never physically migrated to that. You need to know how to do it. These, we're going to start having sound bites of our people who have come over. And we've had some that come over and share their testimony. And they're, they're so excited because they've never seen apostleship done like this. They don't even know that this is how we're doing it. God is meeting every near. They're thriving. We're building the school. We're building the church. We're expanding the business. And these are powerful, powerful people. And they made the shift to new era apostleship, scripture organic, 
culture modified Christianity. Isn't that wonderful? I love it. I'm telling you, this is so important. So I, I wanted to let them know that as we go as we're going forward, the apostolic Christian peace is very different. Many of you only know how to be shepherded by a pastor, poiman, and you don't know how to be shepherded by the apostle, the apostolos. And so you have to learn. We these are two different mantles, two different offices, you know. And we have to learn that. We have to. You have to learn how that happens because you know you come over. Apostles are all about building, making power. We make people powerful. That's why those early Christians could face lions and face all of the deaths and all of the abuses and atrocities because we make them powerful. And that's different from what you're comfortable. Under a pastor, you're, you're made a member of the household. And so you have a whole household mentality, whole, you know, brother, sister, sibling mentality that is suitable to your particular congregation. The majority of the rules for Christianity, and you know this to be true, the majority of the rules for Christianity are all about those two to four hours a week you spend in the household of God. Everything else, that, that all of the other rules, that's why we got hooked in Tulsa, because we, we broke that umbilical cord between the king and his kingdom and the congregations that were born of him and that are still supposed to be nursed by him. Jesus in Christ, so, so, let me get this right. I think I need water. My tongue is dry today. Allergies. Oh, yeah, well, Jesus Christ himself said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And unless a man or unless a person stays in me, what, what did he say? You will live, and with not, he will break you off from his vine because he's not wasting his bloodline. And you will wither up and you will die. What we see today is proof of that passage. Churches, by and large, schools, entities, Christian entities, all of them, severed themselves from the line of Jesus Christ, from the vine, or the vine, from his vine and have separated themselves from the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're laying out there trying to find life in the dirt in the ground, and they're dying. Christianity is, is struggling because all of, these, all of these leaders that have been in power have no reason to understand why we had to stay with the vine. We need to stay. Your church, if you don't want your church to die or if you don't want your church to be taken over and mutated, then you have to stay in the vine. Jesus clearly says that in John 15, you must stay in the vine. The bloodline, the lifeline is Jesus Christ, which is why we are scripturally organic, culturally unmodified. It's in Jesus Christ, and you have to stay in the vine. Some of you all, you're so proud your churches are not religious, you don't even know what you're saying. That means your church are sacrilegious, because that's your alternative to religious. Religious is pious, devout, true, honest. Pure, integrity, integral, orthodox. And you're saying your church is none of those things. You cannot be spiritually empowered by the Lord Jesus Christ by abandoning him and severing yourself from his vine. That cannot happen. And you are doing it. And you're severing Christians who believe that you are in the vine. And their lives are being shipwrecked. And the hand of God is falling on them and their family because the leader made a decision. 
we're not going to be religious. And nobody has ever told you what that meant. Reverence. Do you know reverence is also religious? So we're, your churches are irreverent, and they are, when you go in and look at them, they're irreverent. Music irreverent. People standing up there with torn up jeans, talking about offering some praise to God. Here you got your little side flag hanging out, peekaboo, talking about your worship. That's sacrilegious. And so you need to look up. The next time you make that statement about your church and you boast about how irreligious your church is, understand irreligious equals sacrilegious which means you are literally slaughtering all of the sacred things that belong to the faith of Jesus Christ. You're standing up there with, with people's crotches showing out, women's crotches showing out, and two steps from yoga pants, and some of y'all got them in yoga pants. Think about yoga pants, another God's britches on your worshipers, and you're still proud of yourself for being irreligious. Oh, see, it, it sounds like a trend when we only saw the head. When we flip that thing to the tail, it now says something else. Heads, you shift. Tails, you drift. And some of you all, you're drifting. Your churches is drifting. Churches are drifting. Some of you all are sitting in there saying, "This, this God, this is not wrong. I don't know where you want me, but this cannot be right." Well, we're not legalistic. Oh yeah, so you're lawless. There, there's a read, read up the word because there is a, a thing in the Bible called antinomialism. That's the lawless churches. You should study that. Before you jump on these little rebels bandwagons, make sure you know what you're talking about because you don't. And that is the problem. You're trending. And you're so happy to be trending that you don't realize that you're rending the fabric of the church. You're rending your relationship with Jesus Christ, and you're rending these people, your members' connection with his covenant. You are rending the covenant. And then you're upset. Well, that's why I don't go to church because I prayed and he didn't do something. What church did you go to? Did you go to the, the church of the sacrilegious saint? Because if your church looks like your job, if your church looks like the club, if your church looks like the, 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 the people, the Internet entertainment folk, if you are looking like them, you're not modeling Christ, you have cut yourself off the vine. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost. Jesus is sick of it. And I'm telling you, he said, I'm getting ready to move a lot of candles, candlesticks out of their place. See, they haven't even told you that while you started trending. They haven't told you that God, Jesus Christ, will move your candlestick out of his place. I don't want you in the sphere and the realm of my churches. And he will put you over there where you belong, in the darkness. So you have black light instead of bright light. And you will be able to serve that. And he told me all week long, he said, I'm, I'm shutting churches down. He said, and they're going to be big and they're going to be small. Some of them will be 20, 25 years old, and I'm shutting them down because they're not useful, useful to me in my next move. Because the next move is to piety. The next move into holiness. The next move into the word. The next move into, is to priestliness. See, that's very different. And if your church doesn't qualify, he's shutting it down or he's pushing it out the way. And you should understand that. Your church, if it's worldly, then it's not Christian. You can't have it both ways. Because the Bible says he's a friend of the world, is an enemy of Christ. Now, a lot of you all have been hearing this doctrinally. And so I'm not even just, listen, I'm not just telling you this doctrinally. I want you to know where I am because I am not confused. 
I'm telling you this, not only prophetically, I'm telling you this apocalyptically. This is an apocalypse from God. I'm shutting your church down. And a lot of you ministers have heard it. He gave somebody three years. He gave somebody else two months to show that they were going to be different. He gave somebody else a decade. He gave somebody else a short window. I'm telling you. And you can say, God will never shut my church down. But then go ask all of the former pastors he's got sitting on the side of the road trying to figure out what happened. The head of the body is Christ. The head of the body is Jesus Christ. You cannot beat his headship. And do you know why? Not only because he's Savior and Sovereign, but you can't beat his headship because he's in all of his people. He's in their dreams at night, their prayers and their prayer closets. He's in their hopes. He's in their their visions, their aspirations, he's in their sorrows, he's in their pains, he's in their frustrations, he's in them. You can't beat that. So when he says, I'm going to shut your church down, you can buy all of the little things, go to all of the little, you know how they go to the the little help, the little self-help gurus that go run around the church and make a lot of money off of their blindness and their greed. You can go and do that, but I'm telling you, you will look up. And within a 30-day to three-month window in your world, in your timeline, your church will have a crisis and will split and then will split and then will split. God will send the sword of division in your church. He said, I'm sending the sword of division. And the unity that you all used to enjoy and used to count on, won't be that all of a sudden your leadership can't hear you, all of a sudden your followers don't like you, all of a sudden your, your elders want to get rid of you, and, you, and all you're trying to do, but I'm growing. You're going to have a, I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, vile, hear me, this is prophetic, that vile, I want you to know, vile slander and rumors are coming to hit a lot of your churches so that God can break them down and move your candlestick. Because nobody ever asked, what does that look like? We don't even ask. Well, first of all, we don't even believe that it's a candlestick. But he said you're the light of the world. So since they did not have electricity back then, the light of the world was a candle. And he said, I'm going to move. I'm removing. I'm telling you. So some of you all better know. Write this down on this day. Dr. Price prophesied this. Because of the seat I sit in, I am not just a prophet. I'm an enactor. And I'm enacting this word in the earth for the Holy Ghost. I'm enacting it. He's sick of it. He shouldn't have to keep hearing people standing up there lying, talking about they love Jesus Christ, rubbing their, their thighs and their butts in tight pants. That's vulgar. You don't belong to Jesus Christ because if you did, you would have known that God is holy and he's modest. And so I'm telling you, I don't care how big your church is. I don't care how little it is. I'm telling you, check me. It's going to begin in 2018. And over an 18-month window, God is shutting down churches. He's taking your money. He's causing your givers to become disgruntled. He's going to cause them to move. He's going to move your significant families to other states, other cities, so that they can't support you no matter if they want to. He's going to change people's job patterns and life patterns so that they can't be there for you. Your intercessors are going to be slammed. They're going to be slammed. 
because God's going to move your intercessions. He's going to move your prophets. He's going to move your prayer warriors. Your guards are going to be reassigned either professionally, occupationally, or geographically, but they will be reassigned. They can't be there for you. And when your crisis hits, you will have no support system because he's taking your anchors out, even as he speaks. As I speak, God is removing anchors. I don't care about the television. Now, Satan may try to make you big, but Satan is not stronger than God, and God will bankrupt him if he doesn't get out of the way. And he's not about to go bankrupt for you. So he already knows that. So he's got to stand back and let his boss do what he wants to do. These words, they are true, and these words are from the mouth of God Almighty himself. If you want to keep your church, you better start cleaning it up. And you'll get, a one, you'll get a warning. Some of you all put a prophet out. I'm looking at one church. God sent you several prophets to tell you, and you told me that's negative news and bad news. I've seen churches that have treated prophets badly split. If you are abusing prophets, you won't be around. Mark my words. If you're arrogant with the prophets of God, his mouthpiece, his communication, because that's, that's what they are, prophets are his communication, you won't be around. So you can continue your little trending thing. You can be all happy about your trending. You can continue your little immodest attire. You can do all of that. But I promise you, if you can draw 40 people in a year, that will be a breakthrough. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let it be so. Amen. Did you want to get feedback before I get our guest? Because I want to chat with him a little bit. Wow. Or did you want to wait till after? Uh, are you done? I am for the moment. Okay. Then I, I'm not going to say something. Say something. You got something. She said she got something to say. You got some something. Yes. Um, wow. That edict from heaven. It is. You know, we, we keep prophecy at a, we keep prophecy at, it's just, it feel good. God is shifting money. He's shifting economy. He's shifting whatever. Oh, you want to come around? It'd be nice. Did you want to sit over here? Would you all like to see Prophet Ashley sometime? We decided we're going to let her be seen. Pull up your seat. Come on. Hello. Hello. We're letting her be seen. Okay. I got my notes. Oh, and she got a round table, too. Look I at do. you. She's a round table. <laughs> Pictures. Um, well, first of all, on the prophecy, just the, the uh, you know, because we've been taught that prophecy is just like one or two things, mm -hmm. we don't realize that. They are. They are. In legislation. Depending upon where they come from and who they come from. Yeah. Like, remember we talked about declare and decree? Mm -hmm. Decrees come from officers. Yes. Declarations come from re revelators. Yes. Praise him. <laughs> this is why we need her. This is why you need to get to Tulsa. Okay. But in the beginning, um, when you were talking about um, are you under a perpetual ration even if you're not broke, going back to what you're going to be teaching about was born to be wealthy, mm -hmm. and you don't realize how you may uh, not, let's just say, be broke. Uh -huh. I'm not broke, Dr. Price. I have all my needs met. I have all my needs met, but when you begin to examine, you realize you don't ever go past that, mm -hmm. no matter how much overtime you work or, like you said, other bonuses or things that come through, it never lasts, mm -hmm. and how your wealth prosperity is rationed out. It is. There are providential rations. Hmm. Hmm. And how you said everything spiritual must have a material outlet. And tapping into 
the wealth on the inside of you. Mm -hmm. Whatever that idea is. When you said your pet has the economy and you think about <laughs> animals that are actors. I mean, they're on television shows, they're in movies, shows. they're in commercials, they're show dogs, mm -hmm. and they're bringing in all kinds of wealth mm -hmm. because it's in them. And they are owned by people who know how to mine it. Who know how to do that. I thought pets. If you have the right one. Uh -huh. If you have the right one, because I'm going. All right, and how you talked about learning how the world of a king works and the king is a person. Mm -hmm. And we have Jesus, our brother. He's our elder brother. Now, look, I have an older brother. Okay. I know how you feel about siblings and brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. and you're not the boss of me, and you can't tell me what to do, mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't matter if you're older than me, and you go around. And that is sometimes how we treat the Lord. Yes. As long as you're doing what I think is okay, mm -hmm. then we'll be good. Well, when, if we call him our elder brother, then he, we never have to deal with his sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And so it's an evasive title. Mm -hmm. They evade his sovereignty. Oh, isn't it? Yes. They evade his sovereignty so that they don't have to submit to it. Shonda. Shonda Bo. Do you want to punctuation? Are you going to punctuate? Yes. Punctuate. I'm punctuated. And we've been punctuated. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say the last thing so I can't say something for you, Prophet Adia. I'm thinking of you on purpose. Apostles make people powerful. They do. Love that statement. Love it because you know when you have been in the presence of a real apostle because you are, you don't just feel like, you know, a, a moment happens and then six weeks later, oh, what happened? There's somebody watching on Facebook who said that they're still walking around uh, with the impartation that you gave in uh, Liberty in Chicago. Oh, my Pretty goodness. Simple. Do you know how long now, that is? That, right. like it's been years. several years since you've known, because I've been with you. Oh, no, the recent one yeah. over there. Okay. Uh, there or, or previous time, but it's still been several years since mm -hmm. you've been there. And they, they said, I'm still walking around with that impartation. All these years later, mm -hmm. when you made this statement, I thought, what a testimony, what a witness. And, and, and you know what? Because this list, can we say this? Yeah. I'm going to say this word. Because we are discipling apostolic Christians at this event, usually on Saturday I let my team pray. But I'm going to join my team to pray for some of you all when you come so that I can give you this new era apostleship, scripturally organic, culturally unmodified impartation. So we're going to pray. I'm laying hands on you with my anointing, and we're going to do it. We're going to, I'm going to do as many as the Lord gives me the grace to do, and, I will, and when I'm done, I'm done. You know me. I don't go past the Holy Ghost. But it, it is my hope that I'll be able to give this impartation to my registrants when they, ah, when they come this year. And so you can walk out with your own 20, 10, 15 years. I'll be a registrant. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll include the help. Okay. You see, that has been anointing. It's powerful anointing. That's another kind of juice. Mm -hmm. You see, Prophet Adia, she's oh, yeah. like, wait a minute. I've laid hands on as many as 200, 300 people at one time, and trust me, almost two-thirds of them got more than they expected. I'll oh, say that. No doubt. So did you want her to come? Yes, back? yes. Okay, we're let, did you bring your note? I brought my note. She brought her note. Put your chair in. Put your chair in. All right. Hey, guys. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I think I have to comment on this prophetic word that you gave. Um, I don't think we tell the truth anymore. 
Mm-hmm. People don't tell the truth anymore. I was just reading in Galatians this morning when Paul says, I withstood Peter to his face. Mm-hmm. And I thought, my God, we don't tell the truth anymore. I don't think we quite understand what happened today and, and what you have done. A lot of churches are going to be wondering in 2018 what God is doing. I love how you made these two points. If you're not religious, then you're sacrilegious. Mm-hmm. If you're not legalistic, then you're lawless. We don't know what we're saying. You said that. I don't think we realize what we're <laughs> I love how you've tied in the, the dangers of trending. First of all, nobody's a wordsmith like you, but I love this that the the sentence that you said about trending. You're you're trending, but then you're rending your relationship. Mm-hmm. You're you're risking the covenant mm-hmm. to trend. This is powerful, guys. We have to share this. This is so important. The word that she laid out today is so important. You've got to take to your boards. You've got to take to your messages, and you have to share this because when you know the truth, you have an opportunity to do something about it. When the Ninevites learned the truth, they changed. They, they repented. Sackcloth, ashes, the whole thing. Even the king. The king repented. So yeah. when you know the truth, you have an opportunity to change. What you've released today is a powerful, powerful word that has to be shared. I can't get off of it. It's, it's moving mm-hmm. in my spirit right now. You know why? <laughs> yes. Because you're a prophet, and it's yeah, your right. job now. I've given it as an edict, mm-hmm. but as a prophet, you must disseminate it throughout the, the world, at least to the audiences that Absolutely. you touch. Every prophet who's a real prophet know what I just said is the truth, yeah, and absolutely. that God has been giving you that word. I bet you several of you are going to inbox me okay. on, on Facebook okay. or right now let me know on Twitter. God's been giving you that word. And what's so good about what you just said is you have, guess what they have? Advanced notice. Advanced notice. Woo. Praise him. Advanced notice. I love it. You said, you said this. If you want to keep your church, I'll end it on this. If you want to keep your church, you better clean it up. I think that that is the word that we have to recognize. A lot of pastors, a lot of even apostles, prophets out there that have churches, because we've, we've, we've been to a few that oh, need to clean it up. But that I believe that is the word. If you want to keep your church, you need to clean it up. We cannot sleep on this word that you gave today. I don't want to. And I'm, what I'm going to do at my event, and my team will write it down, is I'm going to have a little clean up my church packet for you. Because mm. sometimes you're like, I'm ready to do it. I want to do it. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to begin because God doesn't leave you without help. God's desire is that we repent and come to the knowledge of the truth and the knowledge of the Son of God. Often he says you need to get the knowledge of the Son of God because you are organic. You are his physical, literal body. And so you need to find out. We're going to do some detoxes, and we're going to find out how we're going to do some cleansings, and we're going to do a little bit of purging, and then we're going to do some behavior adjustment and and, and consciousness shifting. We're going to give you a kit that we're going to have. Just won't be huge, but it's enough for you to take back, as you just said, to the board, to the elders, to my congresses, and all of those kinds of things, because God wants to keep. He's not looking to lose. The problem is we've made you think that God wants to keep so badly that he will uh, retain the corrupt. True. It's like a refrigerator. You know, I really want to see how, but after a while, your favorite dish, when it starts growing fuzz and carrying on, you just got to let it go. <laughs> you don't care. You know, they kept the cover on it, kept the cover on it. So I want to tell you, we want to do that. Thank you, ladies. I think we're ready for our guest. Is he around? Let's see. Let me check my. Uh... Are you there? I am yeah. here. Apostle, I am I am on the line. Amen. Then you can you can run with it. We're going to release our two other my two prophets and partners. 
in this venture, and we're going to talk to you. Folks, uh, we have today one of my favorite people, my, one of my favorite newest sons, and that is Nishan Walker, Dr. Nishan Walker, and he's going to be one of our members here in Tulsa. I wanted you to hear from him and to just listen to the amazing thing that God is doing with this young man. Let me ask you, how are things going in your world? Oh, man, things are going amazing. And um, I'm telling you, since the last time uh, I was in Tulsa, man, things have shifted. Things have turned upside down for the better. Um, The things that we're seeing, they're tremendous. God is doing a tremendous work in the lives of those who uh, who are authentic, who keep things organic, and I'm telling you, I was listening uh, to what you guys were were declaring by the Spirit of God, and man, my spirit is leaping because right now we're in such a time in the kingdom, and leaders have to repent. They have to repent. That doesn't. We're not talking about asking for forgiveness. We're talking about changing their mindset. Because too many leaders are trying to keep up with the Joneses. They're trying to keep up with the trends, and they're falling away from the kingdom way. So I'm, just, I'm so excited because you teach pure word. And when we, stay in, when we stay in the kingdom way, we experience the miraculous. That's true. We do. We do. Yes, we do. So let me ask you, so have you noticed that there that trend of God's displeasure and ire is has been seeping into the congregations that he has? Absolutely. I have been seeing it left and right. And what's happening, uh the Bible talks about in the last days, it talks about there will be a falling away. And I have been seeing uh some of some good people good people good kingdom people but they're refusing to do certain things god's way they're getting caught up in these trends and literally the devil is not wasting any time and he is blinding them so fast and we're we're in a moment right now and i yes i am seeing it in the church and the church needs the word of God that's coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? We're still praying to get it out. You know, I'm trying to get myself get on a regular uh, daily broadcast or something close to at least weekly where we can reach the wider body of Christ. One of the things that I have learned uh, over the years is that if what, if what we did to Jesus Christ, employees mm-hmm. did, to a company, they would call it a revolt, they would call it a strike, they would call it a takeover, where the where the, the rank and file decided how the company is going to be operated. For that clause, for that reason, we have constitutions and bylaws to prevent this very thing that we're doing to Jesus Christ from happening in secular companies. That is how bad it has gotten. So, yeah, we have a lot of work to do, and I do know that people have been talked out of the world, and because Jesus appears to be an absent leader, they also consider him to be an impotent one. 
and that's where the mistake is happening. The Lord's ire has gone out. It is not going to stop. He is going to fulfill his word because he says, I created myself a window of redemption. He told me that this morning in prayer. I created myself a window mm. of redemption. I'm taking mm. charge. And I watched him descend to the planet. And I'm saying, oh, boy, 2018 is going to be a ride, and it's going to be the beginning of a very long ride. But anyway, what I want you to do next is introduce yourself personally and tell us a little bit about your ministries, at your, where you have several, and what you got going on. Um, I am uh, Dr. Nishan Walker, and um, I am uh, a faithful husband, faithful father. Uh, love God with all my heart, with all my everything, and I want to do it His way every day, all the time. And um, I, I'm I'm definitely honored to be on this show, uh, Chief Apostle, and also honored to be a part of your ministry. Um, truly honored, truly honored. And what God has called me to do and what he has brought me into this planet for is literally to secure, to help to secure tomorrow for future generations. Um, He's called me to recover the youth of America. And, um, you know, that is a precious assignment. Um, And he's also sanctified me for the marketplace. So I have a unique call as an apostle in the marketplace, but it's centered around helping to secure tomorrow for future generations. You know, we live in a time where there's approximately 1.8 billion youth on the planet ages 10 to 24. That is the most youth on the planet that has ever existed in time. There are more young people on the planet right now than it has ever been. 1.8 billion between 10 and 24. Most of them are fatherless. Most of them, they don't know God. Most of them are living in poverty. And God's heart is for the next generation. I shared this before. One of the main reasons why God chose Abraham is because he knew he would train his children. Mm-hmm. And my assignment to the body of Christ, one, is to impart and to bring awareness to leaders about the importance investing everything that they have into the next generation, not overlooking them, but investing everything that they have. And when we begin to take steps towards the next generation, that blessing will flow in our lives and flow in our ministries like never before. Another assignment that I have um, is directly to the young people. God gave me a gift to communicate through song, through the arts and music, and God spoke to me and told me that he's calling me to create a new genre of music for the next generation. So that's my assignment, and that's what I bring to the body of Christ, and I'm really excited about it, and I'm excited about November. Well, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait for you to get here. Um, Tell us about your um, the name. How did you come up with the name of your ministry? Well, the name Hood Rise um, 
came, it was about 2.30 in the morning, and I was spending time writing a song, and I was praying. And in that time of praying and writing, the ministry was birthed out of me. The name was birthed out of me. And from that point, the Spirit of God began to uh, translate me and, and give me vision about a strategic military plan to recover the next generation, particularly here, starting here in America. So God has given me a blueprint, a military strategy on how to disarm the enemy and how to transform the next generation of prophets, the next generation of kingdom leaders right here in America. So that's how it happened. And I know when I was there in Tulsa, man, I can talk all day about that. There was such an impartation uh, that was made by you, Apostle. Uh, I'm telling you, the, impart the impartation was so powerful. And it really opened my eyes to a higher dimension, to a higher dimension to see myself really how God sees me now. I'm telling you, it's so powerful. So I thank God for you and your impartation. Well, we had a blast because we birthed a few things out of that um, for what you want to do. What I like about the name Hood Rise is that it makes me look at, the other, you know, all of the kids that are, you know, the, the fashion statement of the hoodie and you elevating them, rising them, raising them up from that hood. And then I think about all of the neighborhoods that are destroyed by these hoodies and this hoodie culture. And I say, man, God was very, very, um, uh, very long, for, what, what can I say, very uh, cast a strong shadow over your future when he said, yeah, but right now I'm going to trust all of them with you. You know, when God really gives you something to kick something off, he trusts the whole thing to you. And you have no idea, cannot wait for us to talk again um, outside of the show to share some of the things that he's going to do. One of the things that Prophet Ashley said that I thought was very important, I think it needs to be heard and said, at least recorded, and she's, you know, talking, about, well, you did too, uh, the people or churches are apostatizing, and she, we talked about how the Bible says it. Let me tell you something about the Bible. The, the enemy is not going to let God get all his stuff out, but God's not going to let the enemy get his secrets. So the Bible will tell you more mm -hmm. so what the failure or what the dark side and the downside will do, and not as much of what heaven is doing. Because God mm -hmm. places close to his chest. So he's not going to tell you. So while we're looking at all of this apostasy, I always like to hear the thing, you know, this is my favorite comment, how, you know, for decades, it's like, well, the end of the church, church is coming. Well, the end of the, the evangelical movement is coming. Well, the, <laughs> this evangelical empire is falling. And everybody was like, yeah, right. All this cult got all excited, started throwing this out, and they forgot God had two more officers called apostles and prophets. Mm. Because he said, the yes. of hell will not prevail against my church. And so we've been, God's been doing his own underground thing, gathering, because mm. he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to be without forces. And if God's without forces, Jesus told us that he'll just work with the angels. We don't need, I mean, come on, David counted the people, and God got so hot, 
an angel, 70,000 people dead. Now, the angel was just up in the heavens with a sword. On earth, it looked like calamity. On earth, it looked like disease. It looked like famine. It looked like animal assault. It looked like accidents. All kinds of tragedies would happen in the earth realm. That's how he, that word put, embodied itself. So this spiritual sword, he's just holding out the sword of destruction. And whatever that sword was coded to do, that is what it did in the natural realm. So I just want everybody to understand, the church of Jesus Christ is not finished. Let me just say yes. Not done. Let's get clear. No, it's not. Not done. Because all of the, everybody, if not everybody that's hanging on to Jesus is a, is a fearful coward. God's got some lions out there that's going to roar. God's got some eagles out there that's going to tear. And I want you to understand that God means what he said. The gates of hell will not prevail against his church. Because there are a lot of people out there like me who did not give up 30, 40, 50 years of their life for God to tap out. That I that I learned from you, man, the power of the apostle. And and I, I didn't clearly understand the grace that God had on my life until I came in contact with you. I couldn't understand, I really couldn't understand why when people would sow into that ministry, literally within seconds and days, the miraculous would happen. Literally, like literally just that it would just happen. I didn't really understand. When I declare things from my place of authority, it would happen, instantly would happen. And when I came Mm -hmm. in contact with you, it really opened my eyes to see who God created me for. And whoever's listening to this, you have to be there in November because the impartation that's going to be present, it is going to cause, it is going to cause an illumination. It's going to cause a light to come on the inside of you so that you can see exactly how God has defined you. And that's so important because we can't move beyond our own definition of ourselves. Kingdom, there has to be an impartation from a chief apostle to really cause this light to come so we can see exactly who we are and then we can manifest in the earth what the Bible says, the sons of God. And those are the lions. are the eagles that we're talking about, and God has called me to be that lion, to be that eagle, to go into these territories, which we're doing right now, Apostle. Listen, I, I told, uh, I told um, uh, Prophetess Ashley, I said, the doors have opened up. We have been, our ministry has been approved by the state to work in public schools. That has never happened. been approved by the state. By the states, we're taking these kids from the public school. We're taking them to the ranch. We're taking them here. They're giving their life to Jesus. They're on fire for God. Their grades are changing. Listen, when you walk in this anointing, there is no system, there is no power that can stop you. And that is what I'm walking in right now. And I'm telling you, 
whoever is listening right now, you need to be there in November because the kingdom of God is at hand, and God needs your eyes to open up to a higher dimension so that you can manifest your kingship and your royalty here in the earth. Well, that's good. I got to give God a praise myself. Hallelujah. You know, first of all, congratulations on that opening because we need that, and we need our children to have someone as potent and pure. Because, see, a lot of people are helping the kids, but they're helping the kids trend. Mm -hmm. A lot of churches trend with the world. And so they're yanking these kids out of their covenants and their destiny. So I'm glad I know for a fact that you are hanging with Jesus Christ, and that's powerful. The other thing was is that you do you know there is a law of, of elevation or law of promotion, and a law of promotions is just simply this: you can't get to the next level until somebody from there comes to get you. You mm. must always be supported to the next level. And so you all, like a lot of y'all, well, I got my ministry. I ain't laying down mine. I did not have all by myself. I did this. See, that was when you heard all of that kind of ilk in the 70s and the 80s and 90s and 2000s, that, that tapped many of you because you have to. That isolation ministry will guarantee, uh, guarantee not only will you be isolated, but you will be uh, 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 un, uh, what do you call it? unrecognized, and you will be unaffirmed. You need somebody who already has a strata open to come and get you to bring you into your next strata. And, and most, most of the people, I find it all the time, well, I don't see why I need that. Well, I, there are a lot of apostles out here, and they haven't gone through training. They haven't, I'm like, but the, where are they going? They also haven't gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, before you start using something as a model or a template or as a standard rule, you need to find out if that is really valuable. What you see might be all you get. You know, you get to run around in your little clubs, your little little circle of friends in your neighborhoods. You might get to do that. You give a little speech over here at the, this little prayer meeting, go to this little church and stand up there and, and speak to half the people who don't know what you mean. I live those lives. I live that life. I know what that's like at that strata. But that's not what God wants. What you just said, and we did that. I mean, God worked with you at that event in June. But what we just said is that you needed somebody with that, that power and that authority and that access to go to the next level. A lot of people of authority prayed over me. A lot of people of authority prophesied to me, God's granting you access. God is bringing you in. You're going to do this and you're going to do that. They came to get me for my next strata. And if you are one of those people out there, you love to do it by yourself. You want to take all the glory and all the, you know, all the glory for my, come on, you, you want to do that, that's fine. But you're going to be there a long time because God's system is a synchronistic unity. Yes, it is. And actually in John, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, that was Jesus' prayer. And one of the things that he shared, he said this emphatically. He said that as the body of Christ, we will be perfected only as one. We will be fully matured only as together. You can't even reach your divine destined place of maturity if you are refusing to connect. You have to connect. I'm connecting. I'm connecting because it was divine. The way it happened when we met in Chicago was so supernatural. It was so supernatural, and the time you scheduled, the time of the the conference when I was scheduled to speak, 
was so supernatural to the journey. In June 2010, the Spirit of God spoke to me to leave my corporate job. I was making well over six figures, and I've shared this with you. High executive in one of the, the largest telecommunications companies in the United States of America. I walked out in June 2010 to pursue what God gave me because I knew he was the one who gave me the position anyway. Literally, in a seven-year a seven-year span, I ended that seven-year uh, period with you, <laughs> with you, and I began the new. I began the eighth year, having leave, having left Tulsa, understanding that for the next however many years, I have now been launched into my next destiny. And another thing, once you get launched into your next destiny by the individual who has launched you, don't leave the individual. And I'm connected. I'm committed. I'm here. I understand that this is a divine connection. And if you are hearing right now and you feel in your spirit, you need that connection. You need to be there in November. I'm telling you, you need to be there in November. You have to be there because God is doing something right now, and he needs our full undivided attention in order for us to manifest the kingdom in the way he wants to right here in the earth. That is so – that's powerful. And, and when you told me that, I have to tell you, I was flabbergasted. I said, well, I am his end and his beginning. This is working out well. And he's launching like crazy. If you're interested in, in making an immediate connection, please go to joinnear.com and become a member of my collaborative of Apostles for Profits and Five Folders. And, 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 and when we end the show today, probably Dee is going to tell you, get your registration. Things we're, we're building up. You know, It's starting to take on momentum. I want you here. I, I don't just want you here because, wow, it's nice to have everybody here. I want you here because we have to present ourselves in God's full formation as his body, especially his top leaders. He needs us to present ourselves to him as a force, not just a team, but as a force that he can move with to carry out what he wants. He needs us to force this alliance. He needs us to bond and to do everything it takes to make us powerfully successful. So the last thing I'm going to ask you is, uh, you have a, you, you you did an album. Is it an album you did, or was it a song? Tell me what you got. So um, this is amazing because I have. Um, l- let me just share this real quick. There was a show I was watching your show, and by the spirit of God, you didn't know I was watching, but by the spirit of God, you began to prophesy, and you said, "There's somebody watching this show right now, and you're about to release an album. Don't release it yet." Because there's three more songs that you need on that album. <laughs> Woo, oh, Lord you God. <laughs> and man, that was me. It could have been somebody else. You know how the supernatural works, but I know it was me. And I'm finishing those three songs. And those three songs will be on the album that I bring in November. And I believe those are three songs that you prophetically declared to me that they must be done. 
And so, yes, we have an album and we have some other uh, music, but we have this powerful album um, that we're going to be bringing um, and presenting there. And I'm telling you, God is doing some amazing things. So, yes, I have an album. I have a ton of music. Um, and um, I have a website. You guys know my website. You can give it out. Um, but, yes, we will have an album, the new music. And those three songs that I believe that you declared to finish will be on that album. I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait to hear it. And also, because you're, we're going to get the other side of you, that music side. Now, we've got the, we've already had the executive side. We've had the apostle side. We've had a little bit of the ambassador side. You know, I mean, because apostles are full package. So we've had a little bit of that. And so now we get to have the musical side of you. And I can't wait. Please, everybody, if you bring your team, you, if you have a problem team, bring them. This is the man to help you. Bring your problem team. Bring your lonely team. This is the man. Bring them with you in November. You might say, you know, I just wasn't coming, but I don't know what to do with this boy. Bring him here. We know what to do with him. We got a little something, something. We got a little Jesus for him. We're going to throw a little Jesus on him. Hallelujah. Yes. Well, yes. In our, in our closing remarks, I want you to just, again, exhort the people to come, share what's on your heart before we say goodbye until well, November. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, Apostle. Again, again, we're in a time in the season where God's heart is for the next generation. 1.8 billion young people ages 10 to 24 are on this planet right now, and God is looking at them right now. And it is our responsibility as leaders to do whatever it takes to begin the process of passing the baton. And one of the ways to do that is by bringing them in November. My music gift is strictly for, in this season, strictly for young people. I have the sound. I have a global distribution deal with Warner Music Group, one of the largest record labels in the world. You guys know Warner Brothers. I have global distribution because of the sound that I have. God has given me favor in the marketplace. He's given me favor in the world in order to take it. So the music and the sound, the young people, they're used to, it's relevant, but it's filled with the spirit of God. It's filled with power, and you need your young people there. So I look forward to seeing you guys very, very soon. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Nishan. It's a pleasure talking to you. We are going to set you up for an interview so you can get the whole thing out because your story is phenomenal. And uh, so uh, Prophet Ashley will be in touch with you about that shortly, probably after the event. We need to get through this. But thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great day. And listen, give a hug to your wife for me and those beautiful children of yours. God bless you. I will do that. Bless you too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Prophet Ashley, I guess we had, I don't know what we had. It we was had, so, how are people doing out there in the world of the Facebook? Oh, loving it. Somebody said, I'm with him. <laughs> 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 uh, when and where in November, just to recap, we're talking about our near apostolic summit, not just for apostles. apostles. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, November 15th through the 18th, you can go to www. Dr. Paula A. Price.com. I posted it here on Facebook in the comments. 
uh, for summit registration details. This is a power pack, action pack yes, event yes, from the Dignitary Center on Wednesday evening to the closing ceremonies on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We're staying over church at the Congregation of the Mighty Ecclesial Embassy on location, on location. in our new home. You're not. You're going to be so alive by the spirit of God. It's, it's so it's easy. People don't sleep no, they when don't. they come. They're like, I went home. I went upstairs to my room, and then I just God started talking. Mhm. And, and it is an open heaven. He's very vocal. He's very communicative during these events. So you don't want to miss it. And if you are an ambassadorial apostle or an apostolic prophet, you don't want to miss the Wednesday night dignitaries dinner. There are some of you all that need to be elevated, and that is one elevating event that we had. It is totally, it's, on, it's just amazing. It's, it's mind-blowing. So if you are called to the nations and know you're called to the nations, not just to take food and care, but to take kingdoms for the Lord to disciple nations, if you're really called to that, then you do need to let us know, but make it your business to be at that a dignitary's dinner on Wednesday night. We kick off Thursday morning, and from there, it's a, ooh, it's a really swift, it is, it's a whirlwind ride. So make sure you do that. Prophet Adi is going to take over in a minute and uh, let us know uh, what, let us know all the details, because she's the lady that has it. So I'm shifting Facebook, Periscope. I'm shifting. Enjoy your lunch and the rest of your afternoon, but make sure you get over there to Blog Talk Radio and listen, pick Hit the one, because I know you all, when, when I go a little bit over, you get nervous or you get discouraged. Hit the one. I will take calls because I want to talk with you. And somebody, I have a message burning in my spirit for somebody, and I won't know until the caller calls in. All right. We're done. Prophet Adina is on you. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in today for the Paul Price Show. What a show. If you want to go back and you want to catch Dr. Nashawn's segment again, we want to encourage you to click the replay. You can catch the replay online at uh, drpaulaaprice.com. You can, uh, you can access the show from there directly from her website. But you can also go to our blogtalkradio.com website, blogtalkradio.com slash show to catch the replay from Dr. Nashawn Walker and his segment today, What a Powerful, Powerful Man of God Reaching Today's Generation. We cannot wait to host him here at the Apostleship Summit. Those dates are November 15th through the 18th. It kicks off on Wednesday evening with our Dignitaries Dinner. Dr. John Swales from Oral Roberts University will be our guest speaker this year. The Dignitaries Dinner will be held at a, a beautiful exclusive country club in the Tulsa area. So we encourage you, be a part of this. $50 is the price for the Dignitaries Dinner, and you can register online at drpaulaaprice.com. When you're registering for your event, if you'd like to attend the Dignitaries Dinner, all you need to do is go ahead and and select a Dignitaries Dinner ticket with your registration. Now, here's what we have done just for you all who are registering and are planning on still coming out to the summit. We have extended the early bird, which is $99 per person. We've extended that 
through midnight on Sunday. That's through midnight on Sunday. So you don't want to miss out on Early Bird, $99 a person through midnight on Sunday. So even if you visited us before, visit us again online, drpaulaaprice.com. Get your registration for the Apostleship Summit, $99. That Early Bird has been extended through Sunday at midnight. So we do not want you to miss out on this. After Sunday, the price will go up to $125 per person, $125 per person after midnight on Sunday. So first thing Monday morning, it'll be $125. That'll be the price. So we want you to take advantage of this. You can go online, again, online, drpaulaaprice.com, and get yourself registered. If you are with a group and you'd like to come with a group five or more, is $89 a person. A group of 10 or more is $75 a person. So listen, you may want to grab a, a few friends and say, hey, we want to go out to this event together. A group of five will get you in for $89 a person. If you are a student at Price University, you also have a special discount for the summit. You All you need to do is go online and click students. Uh, if you're with our PPM Global Program and you're a current student, click students, um, and then you must show your, your student registration at the door. So plan on that. All right, guys, we want to see you here with us November 15th through the 18th for the Apostleship Summit. You can get all the details that you need online at drpaulaaprice.com. Click to follow Dr. Price on Facebook so that you never miss a beat. You'll always know when she's about to go live. You'll always know about the announcements that are coming down down the pike, and also where she's going to be next. She told you about the Kingdom Summit that's happening right here in Tulsa next weekend. You don't want to miss out on that. Visit her online. Keep in touch with her Facebook so you can get all the information about that event and how you can be a part of it. So click like and follow her on Facebook. Big shout out to our Twitter family. We love you. We thank you for sharing your periscopes with your followers. We thank you for sharing the quotes. And continue to do that. If Dr. Price makes a profound statement, which she always does, then tweet that out to your followers. Let people know about the program that is changing your world. Amen. Again, we want to just say welcome to all of our first-time listeners. If you're listening for the very first time, we extend a blessing to you, and we're so glad that you tuned in. We want you to make this your Thursday broadcast. So we're here every Thursday, 11 a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. for the Paula Price Show. I'm going to turn it back to Prophet Ashley so we can get to your calls. So if you're just joining us on the line, you need to press number one so we can get to your calls today. Prophet Ashley, back to you. Whew. All right. Thank you, Prophet Adia. You know what? I'm going to kick off today's uh, commercial break with a clip. I've played this before, but it, it's worth playing again because Dr. Price addressed about being born to be wealthy. And this clip is called Not Broke, You're Just Shut Down. And after that, we'll go to a few commercials. We'll be right back with Dr. Price taking your personal prayer requests, comments, and feedback. So God will find another way. You know, most of the breakthroughs in life will come without money, because you don't know that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you got your job, you got a breakthrough, you got a job, you had an employment paper, you signed some papers, you got some benefits, start date, everything, not a dime. Not anything changed other than what? A promise. Amen. Most of what you, when you get your breakthrough, there's no money involved at all. So then we have to change your attitude about money because you think cash is it. Cash is not king. Amen. It's a I mean, cash is a king. Bartering, people do more with bartering, quid pro quo. You do for me, I do for you. As a matter of fact, there's more wealth in negotiating. Hallelujah. Than there is in earnings. 
We talk about the causes and consequences of money issues, treatments, and cures. We did that last night when I sent you all home limping. <laughs> y'all took that limp home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all like, got that hip. Boy, hallelujah. I'm dragging that leg. Hallelujah. Had that covenant flow. Gold, free your soul, secret riches to supply and perhaps enrich your world. The wealth is in your soul. Let's say it. My wealth, my wealth is, in is in my soul. I brought it to the world. And I'm going to learn how to get it into the world. Your wealth is where? Where is it? I didn't hear you. So you're not broke. You just shut down. You just shut down. You lack the knowledge to harvest your soul. This is Liz Montgomery um, commenting on Dr. Paula Price's book, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum. When I read these writings, it felt like a college semester of education on the eternal being constantly reminded of the physical world around us and the linear nature of time, embedding myself in this writing not only refreshed my perspective, but it educated me on the semantics of how and where my Father, God, exists. It gives new revelation to what we think it just might be like to experience the space within the realm of timelessness that the Father and His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit reside. It also reminded me intellectually and with great depth how our God seeks this mysterious yet vast relationship with each one of us. How we build trust with Him through our faith and unwavering knowing of Him as best we can outside the continuum while still the mirror is clouded. But again, it is folding yourself into this writing that opens your world to realities of another dimension. Dr. Price has so many years of experience working through the intricacies of living out her calling as a prophet of this ongoing, same yesterday, today, and forever God of ours, that reading this description and instruction she's given us is absolutely eye-opening. Thank you, Dr. Price, for writing this book. It is a truly multidimensional door to grasping the complexities of our Creator. Hello, my name is Prophet Dr. O. Spears, and I'm the author of Coaching Leadership Families. And I'd like to give you some really good news from Dr. Paula A. Price and PPM Global Resources. They have decided to appoint me as the new family advisor with a focus on encouraging, strengthening, and supporting apostolic, prophetic, and fivefold families in the body of Christ. I am honored to accept this position. And if you have any questions or you want more information or you'd like to schedule a family advisement, please contact Prophet Ashley Clater at 877-419-1299 or email us at admin at ppmglobalresources.com. It is our pleasure to introduce you to Price University, a post-secondary school of specialized education that specializes in master's and doctoral academic programs for the kingdom of God. 
Christ University is unique because its vision expands the traditional Christian ministry education to include quality instruction of apostles, prophets, kingdom professionals, ecclesial, and entrepreneurs. Consequently, we make Christian ministry studies practical, effective, and powerful to profit our students beyond the classroom in their everyday world. Our four-point vision is credible apostolic and prophetic education, manifestation of the Lord's eternal kingdom in the now, and the ecclesia's dominance in human affairs and all nations in Christ and under God. Find out your place in Price University by visiting www.priceuniversity.org or call us today to schedule a consultation at 877-419-1299. Price University. Learn today. Lead tomorrow. Hi. This is Dr. Paula Price, host of the Paula Price Show, reminding you to revisit last week's program at blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show. Okay, and we are back for the remaining portion of today's show. It's been powerful. It's been amazing. Um, I'm still flying high from the whole first portion, Dr. Price. What about you? I'm I'm sitting here thinking how amazing it is for God to do what he's done. And I I can't even tell you enough why, you know, how excited I am. I think, Prophet Ashley, we're going to have a great time in November. Woo, yes. And I can't wait. I can't either. <clears throat> am I am I coming through clear enough? You are. All right, because you know I had to ask um, if I was coming through clear enough because I was wanting to. I want to hear everybody. Well, we have some time. I'm going to take calls. What about you? Do you want to take some calls? I will uh, line up some calls for you, Doctor Price. <laughs> All right. So you don't want to take them? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, well, then I'll take them because I want to hear what they have to say. All right, we have first in the lineup Maggie from Arizona, and she's calling. First, she loves the Proverbs Dictionary, and she's calling for prayer for her calling and purpose and to deal with some warfare in her life. Maggie from Arizona, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Thank you. It's my first time on. Well, welcome to the Paula Price Show as a first-timer. Now I'm really excited. How are you doing, Maggie? It's been rough, to tell you the truth, and uh, it's been continuous warfare, but uh, I've seen God do quite a few miracles in the last uh, two weeks, um, confirming calling and changing and moving, but uh, there was a hiccup. Um, my partner in ministry walked away after two years, and um looking for some kind of impartation of direction for that and um, to see where the Lord leads. So and thank you, Dr. I didn't get that. My favorite, yeah, I want to tell you your book on the Prophet Dictionary is my favorite book. I read it every single day. Thank you for writing it. <laughs> thank you. God bless you. Um, who walked away? My partner in ministry after 14 years, and she was my best friend, and I had no idea. There were some warnings, but I never thought 
there would be just a walking away, and I'm just trying to find direction to um, pursue that or let it go because I'm emotionally too involved to hear real clear on it. So it's just looking for some kind of confirmation in which direction to go. All righty. So was this ministry a church? Um, no, it's outside of a church. And what we do is we do um, teachings in conferences and mostly counseling right now with children that need deliverance. That sounds really exciting. Sounds very exciting. <laughs> so you probably need to be here in November. <laughs> you need to be here in November to talk with uh, Dr. Nashon because that's what he does. And, wow. uh, you know, sometimes God walks out what doesn't work or what has served its usefulness. And so you two evidently served your usefulness to each other. I won't, uh, you know, I would love to know the ter- what, what led up to it. Like, did he just, I'm not appearing any longer? Or did he just um, simply say, this is it, or God's telling me to do something it was else? A, it was a, uh, a friend that I started with. Um, I had done deliverance for her. And then she became friends and became my assistant um, in a very strong relationship, family. Um, three months prior to the breaking, the Lord started giving warnings. There was nothing but back-to-back work together to then. And then the Lord said that there was assignments coming, um, that the enemy was twisting and whispering lies into her ears. Um and somehow fell for that. And anyway, he gave about five warnings over the three-month period that there was issues coming and that it was very strong warfare. And honestly, I thought that she would be able to beat it, um, but has not. Um, and she wants out, and I want reconciliation. So... Um, that's where I'm at on that. But uh, it, it, it was very extremely hard because, you know, it's a best friend and a sister. So, um, well, <clears throat> here's what I think, Maggie. Okay. If she's walking away, don't assume that it's always a devil. Sometimes God separates. Because one yes. person has the vision his way and another person has the vision their way. Um, what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing in this woman's life is that she has entered into what I would call a harmful relationship. She may not see it as harmful. She may not be aware. I could be seeing it a, a, a down the line. But most no, importantly. No, you are correctly. Oh, oh, okay. I am. Okay. So I am seeing it. All right. And Correct. this harmful relationship for her hit her at a time where she felt unfulfilled. This lady right now is yes. struggling with just unfulfillment. Uh, my life isn't fulfilled. It's not going where I thought. And the enemy is dropping ideas in her head about going solo. Yes. So that's yes. what she wants to do. But, God, but don't think that God was an alpha in that. We often act as if God is only omega. But he catches up after it's over. But God was in that. Now, you need to sit down and say, okay, God, this is my friend. I love her. I will continue to pray for my friend. But also business is business. Because we've locked yes. um, what we do for the Lord or our service to God 
into only ministry, only giving, and only that, we don't realize that this yes. is an enterprise for the king. So your job is to find out what you're supposed to do next. I think that God is getting ready to revamp your entire ministry. I think you need to be ready. Yes, I think sure you've is. had at least three, three visions, and I think that these three visions have been telling you he's going to revamp it and that you do need a counselor because you need a little bit of advice to be able to distance those emotional uh, pangs that you're feeling right now from the the precision cuts that God wants to make. And God is going to make a lot more cuts in your life because he really has told you that you've come up on a time where he is ready to put you to use in the reason that he called you. When God called you, he talked to you, and you had a lot of, um, even I, I want to say either prophecies or friends and prayer that told you, what God was going to do. And the last thing that happened to you were any of those words. So God is in a prophecy fulfillment mode with you. He's got some words he's going to fulfill. He's already set up here. There's stage. You need to get in prayer. I would say shut yourself down for about three days and just hear from God. Read your Bible, pray, worship, and let God reconnect, because that's what this is all about, reconnection. Reconnect those words, those prophecies with your presence. Okay. You're gonna. I, I can tell uh, you, you're right. confirming everything that um, I have heard. Um, you know, being careful because of not wanting to hurt other people and speak their names. But you are confirming correctly. Um, the only question I still have is, you know, is this over for good, or do I just continue and continue to pray and wait to see, you know, if there's a change later on? Well, I will tell you the truth. Even if it's short-lived, there's a lot of rebuilding re- of trust and money. It's never going to be what it was. So if you ask me if this is over for good, I'll tell you right now, it will never okay. be what it was again. So Thanks. that's number one. Yeah. You need to move on, number two. If you all reconnect, it has to be on an entirely different platform. You cannot hold up what God has given you to do while you're mourning. God said to Samuel, how long are you going to mourn the loss of Saul? Yes. Okay. So you need to be ready to go on to the next thing that God has for you. And I strongly, strongly urge you to make your way here in November for two things. Since you're in transition, then you get a lot of help to define what that looks like and to hear the new, uh, to get the new plan. Secondly, you will get anointing because people, we will lay hands on you for you going forward so you don't have to do this alone. It is well worth your investment to do so. I would love to, Dr. Paula. I am flat broke. <laughs> I mean, flat broke. I am in, and actually, that's one of the areas the enemy has attacked me the first place um, is my finances. In the midst of this transition, the old dropped off, and the new has been attacked. And um, I've had to make a change with my mom, who is elderly now, and I have to take care of her 24 hours. So God has worked it out. The new calling I can do from home It's just uh, setting up the time. It will probably take two to three months before, you know, it's up and moving, what he's told me to do. But um, he's made it real clear. And um, you know, he gave let me, me ask you a question. Sure. Let me ask you a question. Because, see, we are, you know, what I do like about being apostolic prophetic is we don't see barriers the way the rest of the church does. We don't see okay. obstacles that way. 
So I will say this. I will pray with you. And if, the, if, if you really have a calling and God is really shifting you and changing you, you'll find a way. Because if you had to go for some sort of expensive medical treatment, you would find a way. If you had to get the, the, the transmission replaced in your car, you would find a way. And if you yourself fell sick and had to go, you would find a way. So the point is not that you don't have the money. The point is where your money priorities are and how serious this is for you. Because, and this is not your fault. This is not a criticism on you. It is unfortunate how the previous movements have made everything that God needs his people to do a matter of their position and a matter of their state of existence, whereas there's nothing in Scripture to say that. God is your God, and if you expect a miracle, then you need to work miracles. And if you expect to bring miracles in the lives of others, you need to master them in your own. And so that's me. This is an apostle talking. I'm not a pastor. I'm not going to say, oh, poor, poor thing. I'm saying go make miracles happen. If this is what you're called to do, and if not, uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. And if not, that's okay. You don't don't feel bad about it either way. But don't keep asking God for higher ground if you don't want to do what it takes to dig and climb. Oh, I'm I'm doing it, Doctor Paul. I'm doing it. Um, I do have All right. a surgery plan for my mother that we've been trying to save up and have to keep canceling since April because of the money. And um, well, let me pray. I'm just going to pray you some money in because you need some money and you need to change your mind, change your heart, change your attitude because you've been hit too much. So I'm just going to pray in, okay, because you've got too many blows. Father God, I thank you in Jesus' name for who you are and all that you are. I thank you that you are the great I am. Lord, I acknowledge that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. I acknowledge, God, that you've given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. I acknowledge, God, in this prayer that you have given us all things to prosper and all all things to enjoy. I I thank you, Lord, that the wealth of the world is ours. And I thank you that you are giving us access. So, God, I thank you for prosperity in Maggie's life. I'm coming against the illusion of lack and poverty. I command you to get out of her house. I command you to get out of her sphere of existence. I command you to move out of the way that she may see the providences that her Father in heaven has already distributed to her. I thank you, Lord, that the uh, the money she needs is dispatched and the agents to get her out of this bind are dispatched and that when she gets them, that she receives them as she should in a new life. I praise you for it, God. I command all of these city officials and, and these city services and social services and agencies that have been delaying her provision, I move the barriers. I command you to provide for this woman. I call you into service on this account in Jesus' name. And, Jesus God, I name. thank you that she's going to get favor. I thank you that you're going to expedite her settlements, expedite her supplies her resources so that she can go forward and do what you need. And then, Lord, I thank you for visiting her in her heart and covering her with the blood of the lamb and purging her, God, from all of the blows and all of the sorrows that she's taken. I'm putting healing in your soul. I'm right now injecting it by the Holy Ghost and the power of this prayer, and I'm putting healing in your soul for you to hear God differently, to meet him differently, and to become the woman he dreamed when he made you. In Jesus' name, I say, let it be so. Amen and amen. Amen. Dr. Paula, it will be a pleasure today I get to meet you, and I can't thank you. I can't imagine the research you must have done for that book. And uh, thank you so much for your time. 
You're welcome. Hey, keep us posted. We love you. We're standing with you, okay? I sure will. I will let you know, and thank you. You're welcome. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you. Prophet Ashley. Yes. I'm ready for another call. All right, Dr. Price. We have next on the line Tamika calling from Mississippi. And Tamika, uh, she's calling in today, Dr. Price, because she has a praise report and then needs prayer for guidance. Tamika, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Hey, Dr. Price, how are you today? I am wonderful, Tamika. How are you? I am good. I'm going to give you a brief update, and you'll probably remember. I called in um, for the first time, I think it was last year, I wanted prayer because I was in the process of finishing up my Ph.D., and my husband had just passed away unexpected, and I had shared my testimony about how it wasn't a good marriage the seven years we were together because we married, me knowing that we were unequally yoked. And so I called in earlier this spring and told you that I had finished school and graduated, and all of that went well. And so I closed on a new home about a month ago, and so it's like doors have been flying open tremendously for me in my career with a new home. Um, My children will be going away to college. They graduate in May, and so they will be going away to college. I have triplets, and so um, through this season of being blessed and these manifestations of God's promises for all the time that I went through, um, a lot of people that I thought would have been in my corner they're starting to reveal themselves as being jealous. And so I've been attacked, you know, by a couple of people that at one time I walked pretty closely with, which, you know, I've experienced a number of losses in my life, so that doesn't necessarily bother me when people walk out because I know sometimes, you know, your season with people ends, but it's like, you know, at this point in my life, I guess I'm just looking for guidance with You know, I see blossoming in my professional life and, you know, with new doors and different things like that. But in my personal life, you know, I haven't haven't met the right person as of yet. And so I just kind of need prayer on that, just guidance on everything. Well, I will give you guidance. So let me ask you this. When you say the right person, you're talking about obviously a – Boyfriend or husband, future husband or something. Is that what you're saying? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, because if I remember you, Tamika, I remember that that was a big thing in you. That's a that's a big issue for you. And I know it has to do with childhood. And then you know you feeling like you've been shortchanged, man, the wrong guy for after seven years. So I'm going to speak to three things. Number one, it is not uncommon to make for you to outgrow people. And sometimes you don't want to admit you outgrew them, but they know. So okay. there may be there may be jealousy, there may be envy, but sometimes we outgrow people. You went and you went from being the girl that we just sit and talk about and dream with to the woman who's got a PhD and a good job and can send her kids to college in May and on and on and on. You realize you outgrew them, and they were trying. They've been trying to tell you. They don't know what to say to you. They don't know how to speak to you. They don't know how to remember. And if they were not really heart heart and soul bond people, then they don't, they're at a loss of what to do with somebody who has done all that you've done with the obstacles that you had against you. They, have, they, they, they already know that. They, so you're going to have to let them go and not just think jealousy. Sometimes jealousy may be what's presenting itself. 
But in the in the truth, the bottom line, it's insecurity. It's it's wow. inferiority. It's sometimes a little bit of shame and embarrassment because you both talked about doing it or you all talked about doing it together and you don't even want to get it done. Wow. Okay. So you can release them because they're letting you know their time and their value in your life has ended. It's expired. Wow. Okay. That changes everything, doesn't it? It does, big time. Mm-hmm. So they were, I mean, they did their best to talk with you, and and, they, and, and, and probably halfway through the process or halfway, uh, three-quarters way through your journey, they were hoping that you would fail so that they would not have to lose you because they'd already answered the question to themselves. What, am, what is it going to be like to be her friend when and if? And I'm sure that after this call, you can sit down and think about conversations and little comments that kind of hit you, struck you a little differently, and realize that they've been trying to tell you for a while, you're leaving us, and we know it. Wow. Now, so let's take this house as a great example. The house itself, I'm sure it's not in the same neighborhood, is it? Um, No, ma'am. No, ma'am. It's in a better neighborhood, isn't it? It's in a much, much better neighborhood. It's a very nice home, Dr. Price, very nice. It's a Ph.D. home, okay? So let's talk about that. So you're moving uptown. Your life is upscale. And what are they going to talk to you about? How they would have, could have, should have? That's only like three visits. And yeah. so you're going to have to realize that they're telling you, we know you're leaving us. That degree changed your strata. Whether you want it to do or not, it changed everything. It changed where you are in life, the station you stand, status, all of that, and all of the indicators. They just turn around and get this great job. So I'm going to need you and all of you who are listening to me, don't just assume jealous and envy. Sometimes it's very painful for a very close friend or associate to see somebody make make it and achieve what they agreed and covenanted to do together. It's very painful. You have to be compassionate and understand that, Hey, we just can't take it. You're, now you're coming here with your, you're going to be showing all of the, the accoutrements and all of the benefits and attributes of your success, and they don't have it. Why do they want to look at that all the time? And why do you think it's important that they do? That's true. Wow. See, you, you, yeah, you did a lot, but understand, you are not, God didn't bless you for all of that for you to lord it over them. And for you to, that's why, and you were lording over them, which is why you felt they're jealous. They're not, jealousy was the only emotion they could have. But you are going to have to recognize God blessed you to make a statement too, but not to humiliate those who didn't. Okay. So I don't even usually talking, mention stuff to them, though. But, but come on, did you not say I got my PhD? Did you not say I got a job? Did you not say I got a new house? Yeah, well, true. All right, so you might not have put sentences or and verse with it, but you did let them know, hey, I got another thing. And, and if you were with people in your, in your strata, they would, have, they would have been able to congratulate you. When they can't congratulate you, it's either because they are at odds with you emotionally or you are really abrasing their emotions because they're like, um, I don't know what to say. So you need to stay in your strata. Get on over there, meet some new people with, with who have your level and all of that. Meet them, go to some organizations, and go to some of their, you know, join some of their organizations. You'll soon be brought into various counseling sense, sessions and opportunities. Stay in your realm. Be kind. Be thoughtful. If they call, be gracious. And even be, be affectionate if you like them. 
You want to have coffee with them? Fine. But don't hold them hostage to your success. Got you. You kind of liked that one, didn't you? I like it. I like it a lot. That was the next one. So let's talk about this other thing. You and God are going to have a real battle in a little bit because in your mind, in your soul, it takes a man, a mortal, to make you feel whole. Okay. If you don't get this mortal man, all that God did is nice, but I appreciate you, Lord, but, well, God, just really great, but. Like, as if he doesn't know how to complete your life. If he has you on a journey, then he has you on a journney. Do the journey. You don't know the stuff. You, maybe you needed to have gotten the Ph.D., the new job, and a new home for God to fulfill your marital aspirations. Gotcha. So, no, I'm not going to pray for a husband because it's too important to you. I'm not going to do that for you because you're one of those people that you get a husband, you're going to be done with God. Wow. Because this man is more important to you. This unknown, faceless person is going to be what makes your life what God has blessed you better than any man could ever bless you. And you still say, yeah, but I think that's a little bit, just a little bit distasteful. Mm-hmm. If God can give you all that he's given you, do you think he doesn't know how to find a man for you if that's what he wants? That's a, I don't I don't know but I mean I, when I had kids and you've got kids when I had when my kids did that I did all of that and they said yeah but my friend yeah but so and so oh my goodness I was done I was like after all no then I'm not, your priorities are a little bit skewed and you need them I mean if you can't take care of yourself as a single woman on the rise and allow God to bring who He will and He you know He'll bring them when He's ready then you're going to be miserable in the success that God gave you, and that's going to make you come off ungrateful. True. And I'm definitely not that. Well, yeah, you are, but you didn't know that. So you won't be any longer. We wouldn't be having this conversation if this, I mean, just because you haven't said it, it's in your heart. God, this would be so much nicer if I had somebody to share with. Well, God, I would be just so much more complete if. Well, God, you know, the minute you, and soon as, that's the same statement. Mm-hmm. And and who's to say if that attitude is not what's holding you up or holding him okay. up? So I'm going to need you to be who you are. Let God finish making you the great woman he wants to. It could well be the end product in you is what he is going to give his son. And we just want to hurry up. Oh, God, I got on my lipstick. That's all I need. But God, I got on my eyeshadow. That's all I need. But God, I got on my, 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 my seductive wear. And that's all I need. Okay, God, I got on my little negligee. That's all I need. See, all of that is cosmetic. There is a reason why God hasn't brought you to someone and someone to you in a legitimate way. And you need to find out what is God working on in you. Okay. And I'll say this, and then we'll pray. I talk to my girls all the time, and I said, you know, the wonderful thing that I hear about people when they want to be married, and I hear it nonstop, and they always just say, I want to be married. I want to have a spouse, have a husband, have a wife. But not one time that I hear my girls say over a 10-year period of time, I had to bring it to their attention. 
I said, but none of you will all say I want to be a wife. Wow. I want to get married. I want to have a wedding. I want to stop being alone. I want to have somebody have a permanent built-in date. I want to have somebody help me with the money. But you never hear people say, but I want to be a wife. I want to be a husband, and I'm working on myself to be the best one I can before I meet who God's going to marry me to. It's all about the inner yearning of your heart that you shouldn't be alone, not that you should be good for somebody else or that somebody shouldn't get the best of you. Does that speak to you, Tamika? Yes, it does. It does. And so I always like that. You know, I, I crack up, I, and I said this, and I'm sure she'll be okay if I say it. But, you know, when I, I, I first started thinking on this wise, I got my girls, they were in college very young, and they were just, you know, just, just take us out of single life. You know, and some people, that's all it is. But that means you're bringing nothing of value, nothing of substance, or nothing of uh, uh, no realness to your marriage. You're bringing, you're just joining two bodies like just two plugs in the wall, nothing else. Nobody's going to get anything out of it. They're not going to be better because of having married you, and you aren't going to be better because of having married them. And that's just not how it is. But I remember um, Prophet Ashley said one day, I always crack up when she said it, and I don't even understand the circumstances. Maybe she'll share it with us. But I remember her telling somebody, I'm good to my husband now. I'm, I'm right now. I don't know his face. I don't know his name. But I know I'm called to be married, and I'm good to him now. A lot of people are bad to their spouses in their single life. So they can't wow. make good spouses. Wow. So I'm going to pray. Father, thank you in Jesus' name for who you are and what you're doing, all of the things, almighty God, that you're getting done. I bless you in the name of Jesus, Lord. I'm asking that you speak to Tamika. Show her as her maker, as her creator, as her father who she is to you, and who she, who she needs to be for who you've chosen for her. And give her peace. God, get her off of this soapbox so that she can be finished for the purpose and destiny you prepare for her. And I bless you, Lord. Bless her house. Bless her job. Bless those triplets. That's a good little piece of information. Bless those triplets that she has. And God, give her peace and let her be content with what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. Talk soon? Yes, ma'am. I will give you an update again So I will. I want to hear it. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless So, Prophet, do we have any more time? Well, uh, we're cutting it close, Dr. Price, even though I really want to say yes. I don't think you'll get far. <laughs> so, good. Tell the circumstances under which you said that. Can you remember? Yeah, I had a friend who was um, thinking about proposing to his girlfriend at the time, and um, she was actually wanting this astronomically huge ring, like six carats or something. And we were just in discussion about that, and I said, you know what, whenever I get married, I know I'm going to get the best because I'm treating my husband well now, and I don't even know who he is. And it blew him away, blew him Mm -hmm. away, and actually caused him to slow his role on some things himself. Ended up not marrying that person, married somebody else, perfect person for him, actually through your divine counsel and wisdom. Uh, in that they what are another Paul Price success story of a marriage. Um, yeah. yeah, so that, that was that moment. And it was an epiphany because who thinks like that? Only God. But I thought, actually, I wanted them to hear it because you walking around want to be a, a spouse 
want to be married, but you don't want to be married. You want to be rescued. And husbands yeah. just want to be served. So you've got the rescuer requiring service and the service the service requiring rescue. And we, we got this thing all backwards. Most people who, what, what, these people just want to be rescued. And some people just love the joy of meeting a new love and getting mad. Those are bigamists. Those are repeat divorcees. They just want the experience of what forms a marriage. They don't want to build a marriage. You know, and, and so when we look at that, and I think about people as often as we talked about, and we have talked about this a lot, I'm like, I need you to tell me that you're ready, re- ready to cease to be who you are to become half of something else. And that person cease, ceasing to be who they are to become ha- half of something else. And those two halves will become a whole thing that never existed before that feeds off each other every day, all the time. That's what I'm talking about. Not rescue me from my debts, re- rescue me from my, my, my fantasies, rescue me from my sorrow, my loneliness. That's a lousy reason to get married. To, to sit there and tell somebody their whole purpose in your life is to keep you from feeling lonely. That's the dumbest thing. I know God said that about Adam, but God said that knowing Adam was going to do what he did. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, and half of, these, half of you all out there, you're all on these little dating things, going out on these little stupid things, all these lying and carrying on, try, all these tricks to, for rescue, not to become anything. And marriage is to hmm. make you something you weren't before. And so we have got to stop that. We've got to change that narrative and change those, uh, those objectives. We have to begin to really want to, st- want to be someone else's solution in every possible way, and someone else's comfort and someone else's pleasure. You've got, that's got to be bigger than I'm tired of going home and eating dinner alone. Then go to a restaurant. They've got a lot of people in restaurants. Go there. That should not be a reason to, to upstage someone else's destiny so you can have your way. Well, Prophet Ashley, I guess I'm running out of time now for real, huh? We're out. We're done. We're done? Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. <laughs> All right. Listen, guys, don't forget, go to my website, drpaulaprice.com. Learn all the stuff you need to know about me. If God's calling you to school, go to priceuniversity.org. That link should be on my website. If you're signing up for the near, uh, uh, New Era Apostleship Summit in November, go there and get your tickets. Do what, We have a lot of stuff on my website. We kind of made it the hub so that it can take you throughout the rest of the Paula Price world. Uh, make sure that if you are need prayer and counseling, please, when you go there, hey, sign up for an advisement. What I do on Thursday is just a snippet of what we can offer you. You don't have to go it alone. You don't have to wrestle with it alone. You don't even have to recover alone. We're here for you at PPM Global Resources. Just go there and say, I want a prophetic advisor. I'm trying to figure things out. And most importantly, if you're in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area, join me the 26th through the 28th at Cox Business Center where Marcus Howard Ministries is putting on at Summit 17, how about this, regaining influence. And after we regain it, we're going to retain it. Until then, sow a seed if it's in your heart. You can sow a seed to me. It's all right. I really appreciate it. And it shows a lot of it, especially when you know you've gotten a breakthrough and all of that. Sow a seed to me. Do so at Dr. Paula A. Price Ministries. I am gone for the rest of the day. See you Sunday for Scripture Organic, Cultural Modified Christianity at the Congregation of the Mighty. Have a great weekend. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Call of Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Show a Seed. Donate today. <laughs> 